I am uh, Nicholas Bornovitz, the president of Capitaling, and I am delighted to welcome you to our session that is dealing with smart shipping. The smart shipping session uh, deals with the fact that coronavirus has accelerated digitalization in the shipping industry, reducing environmental pollution and improving operational efficiency and safety. As we look ahead, this session will examine the usage of new management models of technology and collaboration among the various stakeholders in the maritime ecosystem and how owners, shipyards, ports, and other industry participants can use both digital and human intelligence for future growth. This session uh, includes two different parts. We begin with a keynote address by the Deputy Minister of Shipping of Cyprus um, and uh, Mr. Vasilios Dimitriadis, and then we proceed with a panel discussion moderated by Mr. Norbert uh, Cray, who is the Regional Manager of DNPGL uh, in Asia. And uh, we have a great uh, list of panelists. Cyprus, uh, where the Deputy Minister is coming from, uh, is a major global maritime hub with more than 5% of the global fleet managed out of Cyprus. In addition, Cyprus has shown tremendous leadership during the COVID period by, in, by being one of the first uh, areas staged to institute uh, regulations to facilitate uh, crew changes. That is one of the major problems of the industry today. So we are delighted uh, to welcome uh, the Deputy Minister, uh, who has been actually recently appointed uh, to his position. And uh, we are honored to have him with us. And Mr. Uh, Minister, please take over from me and give us your keynote remarks and insight. Thank you. Nicholas, many thanks for your kind works and introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure to address the fifth annual Capital Link International Shipping Forum that brings virtually together esteemed members of the international Chinese shipping, financial and business communities. Today, more than ever, digitalization is an integral part of our daily lives. It has and will continue to transform our societies, businesses and daily lives. The maritime sector is no exception to this trend. Since the beginning of 2020, the world has been dealing with a global pandemic that led to great disruptions and to a worldwide lockdown. The COVID-19 crisis has severely impacted the shipping industry and its operations, but unexpectedly resulted to the rapid advancement of technology. The pandemic is still ongoing, and in the shipping sector, we daily witness many changes to maritime operations, from ship delays to port closures, as well as an increase in safety regulations while crew changeover issues are in the spotlight. Cyprus was one of the first countries worldwide that recognized seafarers as essential workers and introduced practical measures for crew changes. Since May 2020, more than 3,000 seafarers have been repatriated or have been able to attend to work through Cyprus, and a great number of vessels of all types have visited Cyprus ports from all over the world, some of them remaining at Cyprus anchorages for a long period of time. 
Despite these challenges, the sector is trying to adapt to the new reality, searching for digital solutions to continue operations as much as possible. Due to physical distancing, digital tools and solutions are more important than ever. Therefore, classification societies, post-take control, and more shipping organizations are opting for remote surveys and audits with less physical presence showing how fruitful digitalization can be. In order for a vessel to sail, it has to undergo a number of inspections. Traditionally, the inspector conducts a close-up audit and examines the ship, but the physical distancing and the numerous health measures impose us for less physical conduct. As a result, many classification societies are using technology to conduct remote inspections and surveys. Remote surveys and audits need an internet connection, while the typical need for documentation can be now sent to the relevant parties as pictures of the vessel's affected area, along with the master's statement. In this respect, the Shipping Deputy Ministry of Cyprus is working towards the development of a digital port state control platform and is exploring the possibility of remote audits. Another solution that came to the surface and has been widely applauded by the shipping industry is the digital certificates. They provide significant efficiency gains for the maritime sector, given the current situation and the barriers in physical interaction by reducing the administrative burden for stakeholders and also reducing the document handling costs. In addition, they provide a further digitalized interaction and ease all relevant parties to having access to the digital certificates when they are published. Cyprus has made significant progress to simplify formalities and to transform our services to a paperless environment that will increase efficiency and attractiveness of the Cyprus registry and its relevant services. The Shipping Deputy Ministry's website is redesigned and is now more user-friendly with upgraded online services, notably the electronic validation of certificates, the CFRS management system, an interactive career support platform for CFRS. With the majority of the staff of the Shipping Deputy Ministry teleworking during the pandemic, all these online services have been proven extremely useful in ensuring continuous and uninterrupted service to the shipping industry. There is no doubt that the future is digital and over the last two months, we have fast forwarded five to perhaps even 10 years in the evolution of how we work. Digitalization is a tremendous challenge, but it also holds opportunities for those who know how to adapt and innovate. The implementation of digital solutions can unlock enormous potential and brings benefits in areas such as safety, competitiveness, quicker loading and unloading times, and in many other areas. Advanced resource optimization systems, autom automated cargo handling equipment, and efficient information sharing between all actors with all health cut costs. These new solutions can also be used for monitoring and controlling cargo, while data exchange between ships and ports can facilitate port call optimization. 
Digital technologies have also the potential to help the sector in its relationship with the post-date administrations, hence reducing administrative burden. We should not forget that there is automation which paves the way to unmanned maritime systems and related services with automated and autonomous vessels. This has, among other things, a great potential to reduce transport costs and increase safety of operations. In addition, the development of automated systems provides the potential to facilitate maintenance and allow greater shore-based support to crews. This is through a longer process and at first, we expect that traditionally crewed vessels sailing alongside vessels with more autonomous components. All these aspects highlight the need to invest in research and innovation. The shipping, the shipping sector is in a period of a profound transformation. The sector needs to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and tackle air pollution and continue to provide attractive employment. Embracing fully the new digital technologies is an important tool in coping with the green challenges. There is no doubt that COVID-19 pandemic is a catalyst for change. Adjusting to the new normal is not a cliche. All different players in the shipping domain are beginning to realize the importance of digital transformation. Ship owners, ship managers, ports, terminal operators, shipyards, marine equipment manufacturers, maritime administrations, class societies have to embrace the digital transformation in their business models. In the pre-COVID-19 world, Industry used to call regulators to have in place the necessary procedural framework in order to delay, in order not to delay innovation and digital transformation. Now the situation has changed. Delaying digital transformation cannot be an option anymore. Regulators should not only facilitate change, but they should work hand in hand with the industry to design together this new management model. I'm sure that a holistic approach and turning challenges into opportunities is the right way forward. We need to combine the investment in new technologies, the ongoing digital transformation with our strong focus on making maritime transport more sustainable and smarter, which facilitates further the deep integration of maritime transport into multimodal logistics chain and helps to boost competitiveness. We also need to invest on the human element. Smart shipping will not be made possible without the upskill of the maritime workforce. Strengthening the cooperation between the educational side and the employment side is crucial in order to fill skill gaps. Enhancing employment opportunities for a highly skilled maritime transport workforce should be a priority. Cyprus Shipping Deputy Ministry, as the regulatory body of Cyprus Shipping is ready to work together with all the stakeholders to carefully listen to the needs of the shipping community and to contribute effectively in making a positive difference for the global maritime sector. Thank you for your attention. I would like to thank the Deputy Minister for a very insightful keynote address and for uh, painting the broader background for the discussion now that we are going to follow with.
Uh, I will pass the floor to, uh, to Norbert Cray, the Regional Manager of Greater China and Maritime and Senior Vice President of DNVGL, who is going to moderate uh, a great uh, group of panelists who will further embellish on the topic of smart shipping and will follow on uh, the uh, background that the Minister has uh, opened for us. Uh, Mr. Dimitriadis, thank you very much for being with us today and uh, for sharing your insight. And now I will turn the floor over to uh, Norbert. Thank you again. Many thanks. Well, good afternoon, dear ladies and gentlemen, and a very warm welcome to the panel on smart shipping. I feel honored and uh, happy to moderate this high-level panel. And I also like to thank Mr. Vasilios Dimitriades for his excellent keynote speech. Smart shipping has been a buzzword for many years. We all knew that it is more than that. And if COVID-19 had one good impact, then to give proof that we can all work together in a smarter and more sustainable way. Today's conference is a testimony for that. The coronavirus has turbocharged digitalization by half a decade at least, which will certainly help the industry to get out of the dire mode. Smart shipping concerns owners, yards, ports, technology providers, regulators, and of course, class societies equally. I'm very happy to have top executives from various companies in my panel today. Let me briefly introduce the panelists to you. We are with us Despina Panayotu Theodosio. She is the co-CEO of Tototeo Maritime and she is the president of Vister International. We have here with us Andreas Hajipedru. He is the managing director of Columbia Ship Management. Owen Fu is joining us. He is the deputy general manager of Liberian Registry here in China. And last but not least, Mark Cameron. He is the executive vice president and COO of Artmore Shipping Corporation. I think we just start with our discussion um, on the smart shipping topic. And uh, Despina, let me start with you. I noted your co-CEO stated that digitalization is not a case of fitting a solution to an existing operation and leaving it there. It is about an evaluation of the potential for transition and change and recognizing the benefits that are available. How do you recommend that industry to leverage digitalization in smart shipping and improve efficiency? Thank you very much, uh, Norbert. First of all, it's a pleasure to be here with, uh, with everyone today. Um, and thank you so much to Capital Link for the invitation. Um, so yes, no, but indeed, digitalization is about change and, and transition to make improvements um, and not about bolting on an additional uh, process just for the sake of it. There are internal processes that can be improved uh, through digitalization or external ones. Um, for the latter, there are partners and customer that, uh, customers that one has to evaluate and make sure um, that they are also able to see a positive impact from any digital um, transition. And of course, uh, ship operators may already see many customers using new tools to make orders, process data, uh, and evaluate performance. 
Um, I think we need to stop talking about um, shipping transition as if it's about to start. We have been seeing um, we have been seeing it advance for a number of years now, and and what we need to talk about is how those that are still cautious can leverage gains. This may mean um, taking small steps at first, trying out something, and then evolving it. Each company and each business relationship will have a different digital transition. And, and I think the pandemic has made us uh, see it more clearly. We have seen some companies perfectly able to handle the issues posed by the pandemic, some that were able to do so after a few changes, and those that um, have had more challenges. These differences come down in part to how ready these companies were to digitalize their services and, the, and operations. Um, you mentioned uh, different types of companies before, and, and, and um, uh, we have seen organizations such as, for example, classification societies that have been promoting digital services even before the pandemic restrictions came into force. Um, and we have seen them talk um, extensively about how those shipping companies that have been able to connect their vessels have made use of, of, of their services. From an industry perspective, the pandemic response may have been catastrophic for some businesses. And, and here, I think particularly of the cruise industry, but it is making us lean on digital communication and data tools more. Um, so I think this is going to be one of the benefits we will see from the pandemic response. We will see companies utilizing digital services more readily as part of their day-to-day -day operations. Um, they have been pushed towards digital services and found that they can um, easily use and trust them despite earlier caution. Well, thank you so much, uh, Despina, for your very nice uh, insights. And uh, Andreas, maybe I continue with you. In uh, 2018, you gave a very impressive presentation at the Capital Link Forum on the future of ship management, including digitalization. After two years, how do you evaluate the situation today and how quickly have or will you implement your vision into Columbia Ship Management Strategy? Thank you, Norbert, for the question. Thank you, everybody, for the panel and, of course, Capital Link. Uh, Norbert, I think you are the first one who ever mentioned the presentation of mine as impressive. Um, I, I take a note of that. Uh, in terms of, uh, and thanks a lot, uh, now, um, a few years back in China, we discussed really the future of ship management and that was um, focused at the time on the need to be transparent, the need to be customer focused, the need to uh, look into the qualities of the seafarers and the training and the skills and so on. Uh, that focused as well on the need of consolidating the purchasing power and making sure that um, the ships and the clients would benefit out of the best possible um, commercial terms of, of the contracts. And obviously there was a big element as well with regards to digitalization and the need to come closer to the supply chain and closer to the ships. Um, looking into the facts today, which is uh, two years afterwards, two and a half years afterwards, considering them, I think that was a, a March event. The, I have to say that everything has been followed up 
strictly as far as, as Colombia is concerned, but really the pandemic has forced each one of our competitors as well to, uh, and ourselves to uh, look into the technology part of the things we do. And, and, and obviously we all had the chance to improve our uh, services with regards to technological advances and so on. Um, if I look generally on the topic of communicating with the ships, 10 years ago, I remember a number of clients were not interested to have internet whatsoever for the seafarers. Five years ago, we managed to convince uh, the majority of our clients that, you know, internet is essential and it should be offered to the crew, partly free and partly with a, with a price. Um, whereas now we, had end, we ended up in a situation where we need to invest in extended bandwidth to, to make sure that the speed is, is, is right for the seafarers and so on. So the industry has somehow been moved towards the direction of enhanced connectivity with the ships. And this is, I can easily say, a worldwide um, approach. And for some of us, it, it was planned to happen. And some others, we were forced to do it because of the developments. Um, I, I remember attending uh, a conference, um, a digital conference two months ago, when somebody said that the, the CTO of the company actually has been the, the COVID and not the CEO, because the digitalization we have seen in all companies during the period is fantastic. I mean, uh, everybody now, uh, in addition to all the tools and measures that the companies take to manage the ships, you have obviously, you know, the connectivity via Zoom, via um, all the video links, uh, and this applies to the ships as well. So at least, in terms of connectivity, this is a major thing. Um, one big element uh, which I would like to, to address as well is the investment on uh, the optimization control room that Columbia has implemented. That was a few years back, as you rightly say, uh, Norbert, it was announced really, and today it's happening. So um, today I can proudly say that we have established our own optimization control room with services in, with people sitting in uh, Philippines, in India and in Cyprus, monitoring the ships managed by us on a 24 seven uh, basis. And also making sure that this service is offered to external clients as well, that they don't have the ships under our technical management. And of course we had to team up with various partners the most significant one being uh, uh, Todo Theo that you see on uh, Despina over there. Hello, Despina. And, uh, and basically the company as such is moving very fast towards the new era of digitalizing all our services and connectivity with the ships and so on. So I can proudly say as well that, you know, if I look on the presentation two years ago, which I don't know how impressive it was, we have followed the steps that um, we we promised at the time. Yeah, thank you, Andreas. That sounds very exciting, and uh, congratulations to uh, 
the first steps already into a more to become a more digital uh, ship manager. Owen, let me uh, come to you. As a class guy, I'm for sure curious to know what uh, this guy has digitized uh, so far with your services. For example, are you also using uh, electronic certificates like DMV uh, Jealous? Uh, okay, thank you, Norbert. Uh, thank you, uh, panelists. Uh, as one of the largest flag state, this car has a long history and habit to invest advanced technology to provide a better service to our stakeholders. For example, this car issued the first electronic certificates in 2006. It means that we are the first flag state around the world to use the electronic certificate, which at least 10 years earlier than other flags. So far, there are still a lot of registers can only use paper certificates during the routine works. Liberia is also the first flag which authorized class to issue the all certificates electronically about four years ago. We believe not only certificates, but also the most of paperwork on board will be conducted in electronic way in the near future. This car has also used the digital technology to help the ship to reduce the PSC detention possibility. A brand new detention prevention program was developed by this car in the early of this year. This system calculates and assigns a PSC boarding risk category to all Liberia vessels, which allows LISCA to focus its efforts on vessels that are more likely to have a PSC boarding or detention. To help vessels prepare for port arrival, LISCA provides dynamic pre-arrival checklists and schedule inspection up arrival as necessary. This allows operators to take earlier action to ensure vessels remain in compliance with the requirements, which of course leads to award potential risk. In the field of digitalization in ship registration, this car has announced a simpler registration process, which already effective from January 1st this year. The new process allows electronic files to replace many tedious paperwork, which is easier and more efficient than before. After COVID-19 pandemic breakout, this car has done its utmost to implement a temporary electronic closing and remote mortgage recording procedure in the first minute. These measures were enacted by this car as a practical alternative solution for activities which are normally done in person, but impractical in this crisis background. These timely measures which help the vessel transactions mostly have already been approved by the stakeholders. Therefore, for this time, we believe that digitalization is an irreversible trend in shipping industry. It will free up ship operators' time and focus on making their vessels safer and more profitable. Thank you. Thank you, Nova. Thank you, Owen, for the very good uh, insights into the digitalization uh, approach in, uh, in LISCA. Mark, uh, you are the executive vice president and the COO of Artmo Shipping, the biggest uh, ship owner in Ireland, as I just learned. And uh, let me ask you one question. Decarbonization, future regulations, and the technology adaptation are putting the industry at a transition point. 
With recent global outbreak that adds another layer of uncertainty to the maritime sector, how do you see the industry will go to the next decade? Would digitalization become one of the key focus areas also in your organization? Yeah, thanks, Norbert, and uh, thanks, Capital Link, for the opportunity. Uh, interestingly, uh, earlier this week, I was uh, tuned in to the uh, DNV um, Energy Outlook um, presentation that uh, I think gave a very good oversight, um, particularly in, in respect of the impact that COVID is having on energy consumption overall. And uh, certainly it will, it will further drive positive sentiment. But to specifically answer your question before I, I sort of broaden my view out a little bit, um, I think, you know, as the industry goes into the next decade, um, we've got to look at the decade that preceded us. And, you know, interestingly, we are, as a company, 10 years old this year. So um, we started back in 2010. And if I look back over those past 10 years, I honestly don't think that there's been a remarkable technology shift uh, in, in any particular uh, one area. Um, there's certainly been a lot of talk about it. There's certainly been a lot of uh, energy and emphasis and a lot of uh, promotion around um, climatization and decarbonization change. Um, but we haven't yet seen the single biggest technological sort of revolution. Um, I think essentially we're still doing the same basic things. Um, you know, we're, all we're doing now is we're joining the dots digitally, um, but the dots still represent the same essential um, element that, that we had before. And I think going forward, it's going to be much the same until you find that revolutionary moment. Um, in my mind, I always try and draw a metaphor, but I think the last massive technological revolution we've really probably had was the BlackBerry. You know, remember pre-BlackBerry when we didn't have the opportunity to have the emails you know, in our pockets, um, we either had to be at a laptop or a, a, a computer for that. Um, now, of course, we've moved on and we've got digitalized phones that you're able to switch lights on and off and operate your TV and all that kind of thing. But it's still, you know, the, the, the revolution was really the emails in, in our working world. And I think sometimes our thinking can become a little bit clouded. Uh, and that's where mm -hmm. I come back to joining the dots and, and the dots remain the same. It's the joining digitally that, that does make it an improvement. Um, when we talk about sort of decarbonization, we're very often looking for that catalyst that's going to create a multiple change effect. And um, what, we, what we try to, to promote is um, not just thinking in the way that everyone else is thinking and an expression of views that's very much the same. So what we're trying to challenge people to do is to look at generator consumptions, because we honestly feel that in the next 10 years, we have a massive challenge ahead of us to reach 2020 to 2030. So where, where we would kind of come at this is a little bit more challenging to look at. We understand that the massive focus is on propulsive technology because that is the big consumer. But, you know, logically a four-stroke engine is less efficient than a two-stroke. So it would make more sense to start by looking at generators start looking at ways that we can find alternative energy sources and decarbonize, and then look at the digitalization of electrical load and start to find ways that you can use predictive technologies to understand when uh, components are going to start on switchboards and stop and thereby smooth loads out. So our way of thinking about digitalization and, and particularly decarbonization is that there is absolutely space and room for this but rather than approaching it for this, you know, kind of 
big um, main engine propulsion approach, starting smaller to get more buy-in before 2030, so that certainly in the next few years, we'll be able to have a much lower energy demand on board ships, really through, through a very simple digitalization process. Very good, Mark. Thank you so much for this uh, great answer. And uh, now I have prepared the questions where I'd like to have the views from uh, all of you. And uh, may I ask you, how far can the wider ecosystem and supply chain of shipping connect with each other once the various uh, players have progressed on the digital journeys? What would be the perfect scenario in uh, your view? So who likes to start? Uh, Espina, you're again, maybe the first. Um... Uh, when we when we look at um, ecosystem development, we we need to look at the total transport chain of the goods that the ship is carrying. Shipping is being brought into the demands of smooth, efficient transport and logistics change chains, and this is why it will become um, part of a new wider ecosystem, one that that may be out of its direct influence. Um, in shipping, we are at the point where we're trying out different points of contact with regards to digital communication and, and data sharing. But uh, we have a few key steps to go through in order to both trust and then collaborate. Um, I think this um, trying period due to the pandemic will mean that a new level of trust in digital communication will emerge and will give impetus to create wiser supply chain integration. Um, and I think we should seize this opportunity. Uh, we will see much more um, demand from shippers and cargo owners who want more say and control over their supply chains. And, and uh, ship owners and operators can either be told uh, what that control will be, or they can try and suggest how it will be. Um, one further step will be the evolution of standards at various points along the supply chain data chain. And this will make the transformation swifter and more successful. And it is where shipping as an industry needs to have a voice. Um, the perfect scenario is where shipping is digitally uh, connected to modern transport and logistics chains. And, and we have levels of automation that create supply chain and environmental efficiencies uh, that benefit um, everyone in that supply chain. Very good. Thank you so much, Despina. Who likes to continue? Owen, how about you? Oh, okay. Uh, thank you. Uh, no, but to be frankly, I cannot imagine how far it can be in the next decade. But I think the digitalization had already changed the shipping ecosystem in the past few years. To improve the supply chain efficiency, Liberia had submitted a proposal regarding development of guidelines for harmonized communication and electronic exchange of operational data for port calls to FAL 14.4 in January this year. In this report, a global standard was proposed to exchange real-time data in the ship port interface. For instance, the operational ship port data exchange is a cost-effective measure to identify the location, availability, and limitation of the specific berths it can enable more efficient port calls, safer burst-to-burst navigation, and at the same time, to improve the ship's energy efficiency and port air quality. I think another typical application is sharing the inspection and the technical data of ships. 
frankly, based on my working experience, there are too many different inspections conducted by different parties. In those inspections, some similar items may be inspected by different parties repeatedly in only several days. It wastes the inspection resource and adds the working load to crew. If the different parties like flag state, post state, and class can share related data, it will be a great help to improve the working efficiency for all stakeholders, especially in this pandemic background. If the necessary information can be collected without boarding, a remote inspection or surveyor is an ideal equivalent method to help the ship operators and keep everyone healthy. So I think all these ideas will take time before come true, but it is the right direction to push. Thank you. Thank you, Noba. Yes, thank you so much, uh, Owen. Maybe, uh, Andreas, uh, what is your view? I was hoping that you go to Mark first because I wanted to... <laughs> yeah, we can switch, no problem. He is also as, uh, uh, as a, um, a vessel provider uh, to some extent. You know, the entire ecosystem is systems uh, as such, how to connect and how to really optimize. I think it's a very hard question and I'm not sure whether it's doable and I don't think that the money is, is there in shipping to move radically at least towards this direction. If I take my humble ship manager's approach and I look mm. on our different areas of expertise, if I take, for example, crewing, we still rely on um, the seafarer to get his national certificate, the national certificate to be endorsed, then to be uploaded on systems, and um, and let's say the the blockchain technology, for example, as far as crew training is concerned and crew uh, certification, would safeguard that you have um, a, a very transparent way of exchanging the information and. And this is also going to be validated information. I think we are very far from achieving anything like that. Um, if I take my technical costs and how the engines are running and the uh, and the various equipment on board the ships, different service providers nowadays they say that they have their sensors that you can install on board the ships. You get the data automatically in the office, but how far you can connect this, for example, with the plant maintenance system of, of the ship and what sort of value you can get out of it, it's still a, a question. And then, and then it goes along on the supply chain. Uh, how do you make sure that the information is automatically transmitted into your, from your plant maintenance to your purchasing, then it goes to your supply chain and then you, and then you purchase the cheapest uh, and the most adequate spare parts, for example. So really, I don't see that this is gonna be happening anytime soon, even though different uh, providers may have their own standalone tools. And same goes with flag societies where each one of them, they, you know, they, they claim to have the best uh, digital services, but it 
boils down to the best website and the best uh, and the best perhaps way of transmitting the information but it's their own uh, system it's not a global system so so i think as long as and i don't see this changing anytime soon as long as we all um continue on our own path to look into our own company and digitalizing our own services without really interfacing on a, on a much wider spectrum, I don't really see that the ecosystem will substantially change in the years ahead. I see this rather than connecting the dots, as it was mentioned earlier. You know, we can con connect one dot with the other and maybe the extra one, but I don't see that this will be happening um, the ecosystem in a much, much wider uh, schedule. This, I don't think will be happening anytime soon. I'm not, I'm not optimistic and I don't think that we really need it considering that each ship is different really. And, uh, and the extra transparency which comes with, it, with digitalization and so on, perhaps from the ship owner's point of view is not always wanted because at the end of the day, the ships are competing with each other on freight rates clients and so on. Um, uh, that's my, my opinion, at least. Very good, Andreas. Thank you so much for looking into the, uh, let me say, positive things, but also looking a bit to the challenges ahead. So, Mark, what is uh, your view? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I picked up on, uh, Despina mentioned, um, I think, the word trust. And, and I think uh, woven throughout this topic, there is the, um, the word trust, and it's both counterparty trust, uh, interrelationship trust, and ultimately data integrity trust as well. And um, if I look at the cyber risk element attached to what you're, what you're talking about, you know, I don't know how many emails I get a day inviting me to a cyber risk conference. So it seems as if, you know, one part of the industry drives, you know, the fear factor, and then the other one drives the advantage factor that goes with it. And you've got to outweigh the two. Um, but somewhere, if you, if you, if you cut through all that, um, I, you know, I often wonder in terms of the technical management side, there's, you know, this massive ownership of, of, of data. When you buy a secondhand ship from someone else, the first thing that's excluded in it is all the technical history. We're taking all that off because you have no right to it in case what, you know, you're going to sue me or something. And, you know, I think we've got to move beyond that and understand that the technical data that goes with a ship when it's sold should stay with the ship. Because at the end of the day, that's about efficiency. That's about uh, safety at the end of the day for the guys working the ship. And it's really about, you know, sort of smooth operations. Um, I think that supply chain efficiency that, that Despina was mentioning is, is, is really that joining the dots that we were sort of talking about earlier. And if I look in our trades, in, in the oil trades, there's massive inefficiencies in refineries and getting the product around the world from A to B. And uh, if we look at some of the waiting times and the idle times that we end up having laden, um, you know, those are the inefficiencies that you want to be taken out of the system. And those are the parts where you want to be bringing charters into this discussion and operators and all the elements of that chain and going, let's adjust the speed of this voyage. And let's, you know, take the argument away at the end of the day of rushing to a certain port so that you can tender NOR so that you can get in and start claiming your demarriage and, you know, the whole the whole supply chain in that way is fraught with inefficiency because it's the way it's always been done. 
Uh, I don't know that blockchain is necessarily even going to change that because it's not looking at, at this, this specific problem. So, you know, kind of my conclusion in that is that in this kind of smart world and, and digital world, relationships still count. And, uh, you know, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that, you know, the digital handshakes that we're all doing and, and, and in platforms such as this, they're great. They have their place, but they don't build relationships. And I think that a lot of what we're talking about is about a balance and life is about a balance and business is about a balance. And at the end of the day, we need to just recognize that the solutions that we're looking for are not all encompassing within technology or data. They are just those elements that join those dots and make our lives a little bit easier. But you've still got you to realize who you want your dot to be connected to. And that comes through product differentiation at the end of the day. Very good, Mark. I couldn't agree more to your statement. Uh, sounds uh, very good. And uh, well, actually, the time is flying by and uh, our time for this uh, panel is more or less uh, up. So I really like to thank you all for this very good and uh, fruitful discussion. Thank you so much. It seems we all agree that uh, coronavirus has uh, turbocharged the digitalization and shipping, which further drive smart shipping. Digitalization and smart shipping has impact to all aspects of the industry. We all need to work together even more closely and take a holistic approach to the advantages and challenges brought about and mutually drive for growth of the industry. With these words, I'd like to conclude our very nice panel on smart shipping. Thank you so much for joining and please give a big virtual hand to the panelists. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.